coming up on this episode of the MD and Chef Team Show. Unfortunately, the cleaning products, the makeup products, you know, they're not looking out for us in terms of what these ingredients are. I know you're not in the U.S. anymore. No, but that's but, okay. You know what? New Zealand's got it too. And I always say, yeah. don't count calories, count chemicals. When I did the detoxification unit in school, it was terrifying. Welcome to the show from the, the MD, MD and Chef, Chef team. team. I'm Dr. Isabel medical doctor here at the MD and Chef team. And who are you? And I'm Chef Michael, culinary nutrition expert. I'm the chef part of the team. And what are we going to talk about, babe? Now, I can say that because he's my husband. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> then we'll be talking about marriage, relationships, parenting, intimacy. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We'll talk about mindsets of success, overcoming depression, anxiety. I'll be getting into functional nutrition recipes and tips from the kitchen and we're going to both get into how to live a long healthy vibrant life yes i love it our mission is to help you prevent and reverse disease and give you hope in the process oh, oh yeah, yeah. we like, like to have fun, fun too so let's, let's get, get on, on with the show, show. Hi, everyone. It's me, your Dr. Isabel on the MD and Chef team. Welcome, everyone, for being here. I'm so happy you're here. And I want to introduce you to a very special person. Junie Boucher is a nutritional mm -hmm. therapy practitioner, certified meditation teacher, and a breast cancer survivor, which we're going to hear more about. She believes that true wellness has to begin on a path to self-love, and is passionate about helping others navigate their health journey so that they can feel vibrant, vivacious, and sexy. Until our last breath, may I add. <laughs> <laughs> she has her own nutritional therapy practice and is also a member of the Rose City Sexual Health Collective, where she works with people looking to balance their hormones and improve their general health to improve their health. And their libido too. Cha-cha-cha. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, that's the goal usually. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, Junie, are you ready to share your story? And please don't sure. be short. You know, you had said in your message to me, I'll just say a little bit. I'm like, just share because people learn mm -hmm. so much from people's stories. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you guide me and uh, yeah, I'm an open book. Okay. So can you share with us your breast cancer story, where it began, mm -hmm. the middle part, and where you are right now? Absolutely. So back in 2019, well, actually 2018, I turned 40. I got the little card from my doctor's office saying, you're going to start doing mammograms. I went in for that. I thought, oh my gosh, this is, <laughs> what a horrible <laughs> test this is. But, you know, I was always good about doing the routine stuff. Nothing was found. Everything was fine, uh, apparently. And then I, about seven months later, I was rushing around one morning and I realized, okay, I have to take my dog out for a little pee break before I start work. And I ran out, no bra on, and I just kind of was in my neighborhood. And I, I walked by a neighbor and I did the thing that I think a lot of women do when you walk by somebody without a bra on. And I kind of put my hands <laughs> up around my breast. So, uh, you know, just to be a little bit modest. And I felt something I hadn't felt before. And um, I went back inside and I, my partner at the time, I asked him if he felt anything. And he said, 
Yeah, I do. So I called my doctor's office. I was really lucky they got me in that day to see my doctor. She palpated the area, said, I, yes, I feel something. Due to your age and your history, I'm not really worried about it, but let's send you for some additional testing. And what they typically do is an ultrasound and if necessary, a biopsy. So I get that set up. I go in for that. And I remember kind of arguing, not arguing, but sort of going back and forth with my partner, who, by the way, had a mother who had had breast cancer and a sister who had had breast cancer. And he said, can I, I'm just going to come with you to this appointment. Let me drive you. And I said, everybody keeps telling me it's probably just a cyst that's super common. I'm not worried. Don't take time off of work. It's fine. But he kept insisting. So finally, I said, okay, if it's that important to you. He came with me and I'm so grateful that he did. And this is one thing I like to tell people who are on that journey or maybe are dealing with something like this. Even if you don't think you need the support, if you have it, use it. Because what ended up happening at that appointment, you know, the radiation team, they were doing the ultrasound and it just felt like it was taking forever. And uh, that started to make me concerned. There was a lot of whispering and pointing at a screen that also was concerning. And then at one point, my whole body just started to shake. And I said, something's not right. Very soon afterwards, the doctor looked at me and said, so... We see two masses and I believe that you have breast cancer. And I was not prepared for that at all. And I said, well, how can you... I mean, I knew that going to that ultrasound appointment, they would probably be able to rule out a cyst. That is one of the benefits of that test. But yeah, I said, how can you feel confident that it's cancer? And I said, don't you have to do a biopsy first? And he said, yeah, but we can kind of tell. And I said, well, what percentage do you feel confident about this? And he said about 90%. Mm. And I was floored. So he said, we're going to, we want to do a biopsy right now. So I'm going to need you to go out to the waiting room while we sterilize the room. And I kind of felt like that, you know, when you're in an assembly line and there's like a boot and you kind of get kicked out into the cold. (laughs) I was in so much shock. You know, there's my partner in he, I just burst into tears There were other people there. I didn't want to freak them out. He's like, oh my God, what's wrong? And I said, can we um, (laughs) take a walk? And I told him what they said. And, you know, he had kind of the same reaction of just disbelief. And how can they know this? So cut to, you know, they do the biopsy. I meet with the doctors. They thought it was two types of cancer. They were sort of estimating I was be at stage two, that I would need chemo and radiation. But they do tell you, you know, we, we really aren't going to know much until we get in there. I opted for a more invasive surgery, the mastectomy on the right side, because if possible, I wanted to avoid radiation. And that's what I ended up doing. When they got in there... And this is, I think, more of a rare story that you hear the opposite quite a bit. It was a little bit odd because it was a very different situation than what they had originally thought they'd seen. They only found one mass. It was only one type of cancer. It was a lot smaller. And I don't know, you know, in my heart of hearts, I'm kind of open to all possibilities because I was already a pretty health conscious person, but I really went to kind of a deep dive into what I could do. I was experimenting with fasting protocols and the therapeutic ketogenic diet. I was working Mm -hmm. with an oncology nutritionist and I was also 
you know, a lot of women work through their diagnoses. I looked into what I could do. I went on medical disability and I just, I'm very grateful that I had an extremely supportive employer at the time, but I just really focused on my healing. I focused on the love of my community. I really was trying to do everything I could do. And I don't know if that changed things or not. Oh, I'm sure it did. I'm sure (laughs) it takes the whole thing to heal. Yeah. Because my my surgery got delayed quite a bit because I was a candidate for an immediate reconstruction, a skin and nipple sparing immediate reconstruction. So that requires two different surgeons. And it was just for some reason, a real difficult time getting them both available because it was the summer when I was first diagnosed and there's just so many vacations and stuff like that. So there were a number of months that I had to wait. And, um, yeah, I, I would like to believe with a part of me that, that what I did may have contributed to, I don't know what they ended up finding. So they also, once they got in there and found, got the actual tissue, they were able to do an oncotype test, Mm -hmm. which determined that my particular cancer would not respond well to chemotherapy. That was probably one of the highlight moments of the experience because, you know, it's an ex- incredibly daunting thing to go through chemotherapy. I know a lot of women do it, but I'm very grateful for these advancements in the technology. And uh, so they, yeah, they basically gave me a prescription for tamoxifen. They wanted me to take for 10 years and sort of sent me on my way. I did take the tamoxifen for some time. I also did a lot of research on that about, well, okay, I know there are a lot of women who experience side effects and what can I do to support my body in a way that might minimize the side effects? And I tried a bunch of things. I tried to keep an open mind. Unfortunately, I think I had every side effect in the book and I was miserable for months. So I also ended up, I mean, the the unfortunate thing with cancer treatment is that it's not an exact science. Tamoxifen itself has a lot of, it's a carcinogen, it's classified as a carcinogen. It can cause uterine cancer, it can cause stroke risk, uh, blood clot risk, and even eye problems, different things. I do believe there are some women that it's an extremely appropriate and effective tool to use in preventing recurrence. In my particular situation, when I really looked at the benefit versus the side effects or or the negative part for me, my situation, I did not feel that it worked out to be kind of a small reduction of risk with a lot of quality of life impacts. And, you know, I'm a woman, I unmarried, I don't have children that factored in for me. You know, like, would I rather feel better in my body, not have debilitating, debilitating brain fog, no libido, not be able to sleep and feel like full of rage all the time? Because I'm a very even keeled, cheerful person. I didn't recognize myself. And uh, I made a tough decision to decline continuing that route. Um, I do use an integrative approach, but that's also how I kind of came to where I'm at today in specializing in holistic support for hormonally driven breast cancer survivors. And I am particularly passionate about working with women who don't feel that tamoxifen is an option for them. If you have like a blood clot history, a high risk of that, or perhaps you've had a similar experience where it just felt absolutely unbearable. And for me, my gut was just telling me, this is not for you. 
And I was very tentative about speaking about that <laughs> for a long time. And when I did, and you know, I have my own podcast, which I am very excited to host you on. When I started talking about that in my decision and just being very clear, this is not medical advice. I'm not saying do what I do or that this is the appropriate solution for you, but this is my experience and this is my approach. And this is how I am working on preventing or lowering my risk reduction. And I believe in taking a root cause approach. So I love working with women who have found themselves in that situation as well. And I have had such a strong reaction from the breast cancer community for people that felt like they didn't have options or they didn't know where to turn. And so that's become a big platform for me. Another amazing gift that I got out of this whole experience because I did make a major life change. I love what you just said. Oh, thank you. Another gift. Your mess is now a message. I mean, that's beautiful. (laughs) Not everybody's able to do that, but you did that. And so I, I applaud you for that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, every life situation can be, it's all about, it's all about our mindset. It's, it's crazy. And I know that's easier said than done. It's easier Sometimes. said than done. Amen. <laughs> but at the same time, if you keep working on, I've had kind of a rough October on, on like a few, for a few different reasons. And there were times when I would try to listen to my own advice and I was just like, you know, you can take your positive attitude and <laughs> stick it where the sun don't shine. But just some days you're like, okay, all right, I can't surrender today, but let's just keep trying in the next moment. And I really do feel that, yeah, it works. And some days you got to give yourself a little bit of grace. But I ultimately switched my entire life around. I, you know, had one of those cancer awakenings where you go, I just don't want to do, I just don't want to do the stuff I don't want to do. I mean, I will continue to be an adult (laughs) and be responsible. But in terms of my job, everything, what is my truly aligned pathway. And so I went back to school and got the certification in nutritional therapy, realized when I started working with clients that everybody's incredibly stressed out, especially breast cancer patients. So then I said, well, a tool that's worked for me for the last decade is meditation. So let's figure out how to teach this to people and help clients that way. So I got that certification as well. And I work with women doing that. And I love working through the Rose City Sexual Health Collective taking a holistic approach to sexual health by, you know, there's a lot going on in terms of sexual side effects that can come from hormonal therapies, the aftermath of chemotherapy. And also, you know, even if you don't do those things, when you lose a breast and you essentially lose an erogenous zone, mm-hmm. how do you find your way back to loving your body and sexual confidence? So that's been another platform that I love working with survivors on and has been super rewarding for me. So that's and, where I am now. <laughs> and you, you can only have, be talking about this and coaching people about this because of what you went there. through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, who's going to be able to talk about having an erogenous zone deficiency and how do you replace that? You know, what do you do? I think it definitely helps. It informs and and allows me to understand in a different way. I was recently doing some work with some local breast cancer organizations for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And when I told them about that part of my practice, they said, oh, you know, we've had sex therapists and sex coaches and people talking about this, but nobody who's actually a survivor. And it does change things for breast cancer patients Mm -hmm. when you know, oh, you've been there, you 
understand. And, you know, everybody's journey looks different. Mm -hmm. My journey looks very different than, you know, stage four, but there is something that you do understand in a way that you can't, if you've never been in those shoes. Yes. 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 Well, it makes you relatable. Yeah. You know, you've gone walking in those shoes. I applaud you again for sharing that and being able to help people because not everybody's able to do that, Junie. You know, a lot of people become bitter and depressed and anxious and just go deal with some type of escape, you know, eating, drinking, drugs, finance, you know, that whole mess. But your escape was to help others. And that that's a beautiful way. Thank I don't know, you. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, The Wisdom of Trauma by Dr. Bormate. No, but I mean, Gabor oh. Mate. Okay, I'm, I'm going to write that oh down. Oh my God. <laughs> I have his book. Is he When the Body Says No? Or is he- No, um, that's somebody else. Is he I, yeah. The Body Keeps the Score? Because No, I've no, actually... it's not The Body Keeps the Score. But anyway, there's a movie. Okay. Just call, and you got to check it out. It's called The oh, Wisdom- no. Yep. Yes. I have his book. He's amazing. And says no. Yeah. And I am very into that. Okay. I'm going to look that up. That so the wisdom, incredible. it's just, just go to the wisdom of trauma.com okay. and they've okay. got a movie and I saw the movie and it's just so, oh my gosh, I love simplicity. I don't, mm-hmm. I am a simple mind. That's how yes. I make it through life. And the simple equation is people go through trauma, which leads to pain which leads to escape. Now, Mm. the escape mode can be drugs, alcohol, pornography, gambling, trying to be in control, or the escape could be, in my case, into God's arms, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. in a lot of people's way, meditation, you know, Mm -hmm. to helping the world. So that's just that equation helps us understand why there's so many addictions and people in jail and and all that stuff. And for you, your escape is the meditation and learning and teaching and empowering and encouraging. And I love that. So thank you. I wasn't always like that. <laughs> I, I think I've had to work on that. Oh, we all do. How old are you now? 45? I'm 45. Yeah. And just think you got another 55 years of life ahead of you. <laughs> you get to do it with wisdom like this, heart wisdom. Well, what I have found, I will tell you, because at the end of the day, we do what works best and what brings us the most comfort. And with practice, I realized, oh, you know, having too many glasses of wine doesn't solve the problem the way that when I actually do the work and find a way to sit through this feeling to completion, I actually feel fantastic. And it feels resolved in a way that doesn't, you know, the the other method just creates more problems. So I I've learned that through a lot of trial and error, (laughs) but ultimately, you know, yeah, after you start doing it for a while, it does get easier and your brain finally gets it. Oh, this is what actually works. This is what ultimately feels really good, even though, yeah, it might feel pretty uncomfortable, but that will go away and that will dissipate in a way that is freeing and healthy. And, you know, I've read a lot about the relationship with emotional trauma and cancer and this bitterness, resentments, holding on, feelings of helplessness, those things can all contribute to the development of disease. I truly believe that. I know some people 
I do too. I don't like that idea. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I I believe it puts the control back in your hands. Some people are, yeah, don't feel that way, but it gives you, and it's it's a beautiful journey that you can go on. Yeah. Junie, let's talk about how to prevent breast cancer because Mm -hmm. people just think it's genetic and it is what it is and I'll get it sooner or later. And if I don't, I'm lucky. Are you afraid of having Alzheimer's? Well, you don't have to anymore. You see, the most up-to-date medical research now shows us having Alzheimer's is an option. Yes, you heard me right. Having Alzheimer's is an option. You can learn how by having your very own personalized pre-code report. Now, you're probably asking me, what is a pre-code report? Great question. Pre-code stands for preventing cognitive decline. And the pre-code report shows you what unique areas you can start working on right away. All of this has been made available by my genius mentor and medical doctor, Dr. Dale Bredesen, who has been researching this for 30 plus years and wrote the best book ever called The End of Alzheimer's. Having Alzheimer's is now an option. There is hope. For more information on how to get your pre-code underway, look for the link in the show notes. Now, back to the podcast. Can you kind of share what you've learned about how to prevent it? Because there's not too many people. I see so much out there. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're heading towards your head. I know. I know. And honestly, yeah, most of breast cancer is not genetic. That's probably the biggest, one of the biggest misconceptions. And really it, it's hard to encapsulate that in, in a tiny blur, but I'll, I'll try. I will you try. You don't have to. No, you don't have to just what you can. Cause we can always come back later at another, on yeah. another podcast. I mean, okay. ultimately one of the things you really have to do is try to manage your stress. And that is a multifold sort of response. Okay. You have to manage the stress on your body. If you're eating foods that are creating inflammation or you have sensitivities to, that is stressful on your body. If your blood sugar is all over the place, you're not eating balanced meals that have the nutrients that your body needs. That's stressful on your body. But also if you're not managing just the stress in your life, you're constantly pushing too hard. That's another way that we create this chronic state of fight or flight. Maybe it affects your sleep and it's just a cascade. And ultimately with breast cancer, a lot of it is hormonally driven. And a lot of that comes from an imbalance of the sex hormones. And a lot of women are estrogen positive. I honestly don't think I've encountered a single woman in my practice, whether they're breast cancer patients or not, who doesn't seem to have some signs of estrogen dominance. And that can be all that much more common as we get a little bit older. But I really think it's the this incredibly hard pressure that we put on ourselves. I'm not a parent, but I know a lot of parents who, you know, they really want to be a good parent. They feel like they have to fill up their child's day, but they just collapse at night and they're scrolling on TikTok until two in the morning because they don't know how to wind down. And then they're overstimulated. They can't sleep. And then they're too tired in the morning to make a healthy breakfast. And oh, Janie will only eat bagels. So I guess I got to make her that. And then I got to, and then I'm going to eat off her plate. You know, there's just this whole 
pattern. So that's one thing is minimizing your stress. Also just understanding that our world, unfortunately, the cleaning products, the makeup products, you know, they're not looking out for us in terms of what these ingredients are. I know you're not in the US anymore. (laughs) No, but that's okay. You know what? New Zealand's got it too. And I always say, don't count calories, count chemicals. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. No, it's insane. And if you, when I did the detoxification unit in school, it was terrifying the way that chemicals are, the approval process, what happens in order for them to be considered harmful to people and how ridiculous the amount of evidence needs to be. I mean, things like it's such a long process for something to be classified as a carcinogen. And it's, I mean, probable carcinogen. There are so many things that we know are probably not good, but they won't do anything about it until it's just overwhelming. So understand that you really have to advocate for yourself in terms of reading labels, educating yourself, using apps like the Environmental Working Group, Think Dirty, or other apps like that, where you can literally just scan items at the grocery store and see what stuff is in it and how you know that might be hormonally disruptive to your body. And also another thing I really like to say is be honest with yourself. You know, mm. the choices that we make now, and, and you work a lot with this as well, like don't wait for a health crisis no. to pray prioritize yourself. You know, it doesn't have to be black and white flip. You know, people sometimes think, well, getting healthy means I can never do anything, eat anything I love or do anything I enjoy doing. That's not what it means. Mm -hmm. We have to flip that script and understand nourishment comes in all forms. So what are you eating? What are you reading? What are you watching? What are you scrolling? What are you putting on your body? Look at all of these things, but start small Mm -hmm. and you can build. And the great thing is that we are such reward-based creatures. You know, when you start small, if that's going to be the best pathway for you, you know, I I like to tell people, start with water hydration. Mm. You know, like most of us don't even remember what it's like to feel hydrated. With good good filtered water. Filtered water. With a squeeze of lemon or lime, just to help with the uh, detoxification process. Right, right. Yeah, simple. And maybe a leaf of mint or spearmint, mm, whatever you like. I love, that's one of my favorite. Cucumber, Number, mint, those are all my favorites. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it can be a really monumental shift for people when they feel hydrated <laughs> and in recognizing like the effects of that. So your memory, your ability to think, your yeah. hunger, just yeah. like baby steps. Yeah. I always like to give the picture of flowers. You know, uh-huh. when your flowers aren't watered, what do they look like? They look like you being tired and drooped over and like, I'm so tired. I think, you know, I just want to go to sleep. But what what do we do when they're droop? We water them and they wake up and they're perky and they're like, yay. Yes. Oh, that's such a good analogy. I'm going to use that. (laughs) It's all yours. I know. know. Oh, that's perfect. What about body fat? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. My gosh, the amount of obesity that we're seeing out there. Research shows the latest medical research is we need our BMI to be less than 25%. 
I know a lot of people aren't into the BMI and I don't normally use that BMI. I'm sorry. I don't mean to take the the floor from you, but I'm so. No, this is such an important topic for sure. I'm so intense about this because of what I've learned and how the wool is just being pulled over our eyes out there about this issue. But BMI less than 25% is key because fat, when we're menopausal, when we're in our menopause, we hide this bad estrogen because there's three estrogens. There's the bad estrogen, which is estrone in our body fat. And it's that estrogen, estrone, that has three metabolites that increases our risk of breast cancer. Mm-hmm. But the more fat we have, the more estrone we have, and the more, well, three of the metabolites, the more increased risk of breast cancer. And look at the clothing stores. The clothing stores mm-hmm. are just, <clears throat> they're just reaping the profits from just giving, delivering us tents, mm-hmm. you know, saying, oh, this is just the way it is. You know, here's the tent. Here, do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, well, like vanity sizing, and yeah, yeah, it's hard to find anything fitted anymore because everybody is just getting so huge. And I'm just like, ladies, come on, take control of your health. Don't think that healthcare starts in the doctor's office. That's like a crazy thought. Healthcare starts way before you end up in. So I'm all for helping women get their body fat down. Well, that is another fact about breast cancer that a lot of women don't know is that obesity is one of the highest risk factors for breast cancer. So it is very important and it's it's difficult because we, you know, there's this whole body positivity movement. It's like, yes, we do need we need to love ourselves. We don't need to hold ourselves against this Giselle Bunchen standard. But we do need to be honest about the fact that we are greatly increasing our health risks when we are overly fat. And so, you know, the BMI, like, yeah, I think about the BMI thing. And when you look at a BMI range, it's huge. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's a really big range of weight. And sure, it's not a perfect system. You know, I do like to, especially if you're an athletic woman, you know, if you can get a body composition test, oh, yeah. like a DEXA oh, scan, yeah. those are great. Yeah. And that's the surprising thing is you can be within that BMI range and have too much fat. So, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, that's the, the skinny fat thing. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just because, you know, if you are built with like a small frame, that doesn't mean necessarily that you're where you might be for optimal health. But yes, it is a factor that people get very touchy about, but it's the truth. It's the truth. No, we can't. And we got to tell people the truth and the truth hurts sometimes, but the truth is going to save us from a lot of pain. And I understand that people have gone through trauma which leads to pain, which leads to escape. And we escape into food. It feeds our heart. I get that. I've been there, but we got to wake up and take control. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And the hard thing to, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing. And, you know, I always tended towards being overweight. So, you know, I understand like pain and the feelings and the the self-criticism, but yeah, I'm very vocal about it as well of like, this is a reality. Like if you really want to know what you're doing or not doing, that's putting you at a higher risk. And I mean, in the latest statistics is one in eight women will be diagnosed with 
breast cancer. That's ridiculous. And who's talking about the prevention, like all the things, vitamin D, cruciferous vegetables, vegetables, no trans fats, no seed oils, maintain a BMI between 19 to 24, lower your movement. Yeah. Get your fasting insulin at the right level. Who's talking about that? Because, yeah. So anyway, as you can see, we got part two coming up, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, this, this is what I talk a lot about in, you know, in, in my podcast, I love a lower carb diet for certain oh, yeah. types, certain body types. I, I don't believe there's one way of eating that's right for everybody. But if you're like me and your body wants to store a bit more fat, like a lower carb diet, I mean, and I feel amazing when I eat that way. My brain is fired. My mood is stable. My skin looks great. You know, and my cholesterol is perfect. You know, a lot of people are scared of that because they buy into that old debunked idea that fat is bad for you. Some fats are really bad for you. Sure. There's a lot of fats that are bad for you. Yeah. But good fats in the right macronutrient combination Mm -hmm. are really like probably an ideal fuel for many of us. Not all of us, but many of us. And I do just want to add that the fats, the seed oils that really cause a a lot of the inflammation, just for the viewers, if they're not aware of it, is a simple canola, corn, sunflower, safflower, and soybean oil. Just stay away from those. Yeah. And bran oil, no, 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 no. And vegetable yeah. oil, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, definitely not. Those are not good. I know they're the cheapest, but they're cheap for a reason. <laughs> yeah, they exactly. They don't care about your health. And that's what they use in most restaurants. That's right. So, you know, that's why I tell people have fun with cooking. It really can be a joyful thing. I did not. I wasn't somebody who enjoyed cooking my whole life, but now it's one of my greatest joys. And I live in a town that has incredible restaurants, but I love nothing more than making like a really nice meal at home. I mean, I feel like it's hard for me to go out because even the nicest restaurants tend to use cheap oils. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's a numbers game. So that's not saying don't ever go out to eat, but don't eat out every meal. Like you have to take responsibility for your food and the only way you're going to control the ingredients or if you make the food yourself and it'll give you a greater relationship with the meal. You know, there it's an act of self-love to cook for yourself. I believe that. It really is. It really is. And it doesn't have to be fancy. No. And it can be clean and fun and happy. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Getting healthy can be happy. Okay. Well, let's (laughs) start landing this ship. I don't Mm -hmm. know how long we've been doing this, but you've been fantastic. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Good talk to you all day. I know. I just feel like we're dancing. Um, so, Junie, can you give our listeners three action steps that they can take home today and start implementing and know everybody that this is coming from her heart? OK, they may look difficult, but you know what? Everything's hard until it becomes easy. That's just the way <laughs> life is. Yeah. OK, so action steps. I would say if you are cooking for yourself and please cook at least one, a couple meals for yourself. There are so many great resources out there like meal delivery kits. You know, you can even have food delivered. But, you know, just understand that a good, healthy meal doesn't have to be quinoa and tofu with, you know, sliced cucumber. Like it can be so many 
different things and build around protein. That's, I think, the major issue that people run into is they don't have a balanced ratio of protein, carbohydrates, and fats. You know, a palm-sized portion of protein, maybe a fist-sized portion of carbohydrates. Go for something that's complex, or I like mostly vegetable, starchy vegetable carbohydrates. That just works for me. And, you know, about a thumb-sized portion of healthy fat. At least, you know, like I love ghee. I love grass-fed butter. I'm huge with olive oil. Those are, you know, just know it doesn't have to be super duper hard, but try to cook for yourself at least (laughs) one meal a week. And it is a baby steps thing. Also, you know, take time every day to whether it's meditation or, you know, journaling, maybe that's a great way like to just decompress a little bit. We can't necessarily eliminate our stress, but we can change change our relationship to it by doing these things. Restorative yoga. You talked about yin yoga. Fantastic. Give your parasympathetic nervous system a chance to activate and get you into that rest and digest state of mind. That's a good, you know, and it doesn't have to be an hour. It can be five minutes and build on that. But we are constantly pushing so hard. What else? Let's see. Besides that, I would say, oh, and just find things. Think about what you love to do. You know, not everybody wants to go work out in the gym, but exercise or movement, I call it joyful movement, can just be putting on a song that you love and maybe moving around your living room, Mm -hmm. dancing with your daughter or son, you know, like while you guys are washing the dishes, you know, just bring that joy into your life, bring movement into your life, walk around the block if you have a dog. And I love like something I've been trying to do lately because I tend to be a multitasker because (laughs) I am also busy. But there are times when I sit, I just go on a walk. I don't bring my earbuds and I just take in the environment. You know, how does the air feel on my skin? Look at the beautiful fall leaves. What are all the colors I see around me? What are the smells? You know, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. (laughs) Just have mindful moments that you insert into your life. There's a couple tips. And the word, they're beautiful. Thank you for that. <laughs> sure. The song I love to put on in my living room is by Pitbull. I love Pitbull because he's Cuban. Oh, yeah? I'm Cuban. So what can <laughs> I say? And that is just to dance wild in the living room to, I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway. <laughs> no, I actually have one of the freebies I wanted to offer your audience is I have like a, it's called the self-love dance party playlist. And it's oh. like basically, it's a playlist of songs that are all like, you can't not move. You cannot feel good. You can't not feel pumped up. And you don't have to do a workout or have a dance party. You can just put it on and vacuum your house. Or, you know, I have a friend that likes to use it when she goes on a run. I put it on the other day while I was getting ready for Halloween, just because I was feeling a little bit off that day and I wanted to get pumped up. So, mm-hmm. so that, good. you know, it's Thank called you. habit stacking. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's good. Dance party, habit stacking. I love that. Good, yeah. Good idea. Thank you. And then the word enjoy, E-N-J-O-Y, instead Mm. just replace the E with the I. So enjoy, like in wherever you are, be in it and enjoy it, you know, and that's work because you got to wake up instead of just letting your brain go, 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 go. You're just like, I'm going to enjoy this moment. Yes. Yeah. But like it's work, but it's also, it gets easier and it brings you so much 
So, you know, I feel like people get really intimidated by starting healthy habits. And I try to tell them it turns into a lot less effort. I mean, yes, there are going to be days when you don't want to do the healthy thing that you might have to muster up a little bit of willpower, but ultimately it is a self-propelling machine. Once you understand if I do A, I get B. Mm-hmm. And so it's, if you do it authentically and without this really restrictive mindset, it becomes a way of life that you will never want to stray from. Because you feel so amazing. Yes. And I always go with the 80-20 rule, you know, do it 80% yeah. of the time. Like for me, I do it Monday through Saturday, Friday. And then mm-hmm. on the weekends, I kind of loosen up a little bit like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So be nice to yourself, you know, give yourself a little break. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Junie, when, where can people find you? I mean, it's all going to be in the show notes, I promise, Mm -hmm. but my people will do your people's work on our our show notes, but where can they find you? So I am on social media. I'm mostly active on Instagram and I am at Junie B. Well, that's the name of my practice. I'm also on Facebook under that. And yeah, they can find me there. I also have a podcast that I'm going to be hosting you on. It's called Tata Cancer, focused on what is healing specifically within the realm of the breast cancer journey. And I'm also on Insight Timer if you want free guided meditations. That's I, yeah, I just have a teacher profile under Junie Boucher and they're on Insight Timer. And they can reach out to me via my website, juniebewell.com. I love hearing from people and I do offer one-on-one nutritional therapy and specialize in hormone balance and breast cancer survivorship. I love it. Thank you so much for your heart. Thank you. Jacqueline Boucher. <laughs> I, I love that. I love the Jacqueline. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank you everyone for joining Junie and myself here at the MD and Chef team. I don't have the chef with us today, but he'll be with us on other podcasts. This is more of a girl to girl talk, you know, breast cancer. But thank you so much for being with us today. Go ahead and share this with your friends and family. Reach out and get in contact with Junie. She's a wealth of information and her heart is in the right place. And before we go, know to remain unstoppable. Whatever's in your heart, just go for it day by day by day, okay? Don't ever give up. If you need to give yourself a break, give yourself a break, but remain unstoppable. I love you. Thank you for your time. Bye for now. Hello, Chef Michael here. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love it if you subscribed to the podcast and left us a review.